Well, praise the Lord. It's good to see each one of you here. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter number 2. We're going to begin with verse 18. And we'll be reading through the end of chapter number 2. One of the things that I would like for you to do with me this morning uh, as we read the Word of God together, I'm going to ask if you would please to stand for the reading of the Word of God. As we read it together. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all of the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother. And be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for its absolute authority. We thank you for the truth that it contains. But Father, above all of that, Father, may we not just take it for knowledge of a book, but Father, for the living truth that should change the way we live our lives. And so, Father, we place this time into your hands this morning, asking and praying that your will be done and accomplished in every heart that's here. Father, may your word do what you intend for it to. Father, you said in your word that it would not return unto you void. And so, Father, we place this time into your hands Father, may your perfect will be done. May the Holy Spirit go before us and prepare the way for us this morning. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You can be seated. Wow. So what do you do with a passage like that? I mean, there's so much there. When God took the man and he took and he made and all the animals and he paraded all the animals by Adam and he named all of them. And it was still determined that there was just a problem with Adam. You know, everyone else, everything else, uh, all the animals, they all had their mates and they had everything just the way God intended, but there was just a difficulty with the man. And God said, you know, it's just not a good thing that a man be by himself. And so he created a woman 
took Adam, put him to sleep, took a rib from his side, closed it back up, created woman, and brought the woman to the man. And you notice what it says. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This woman. I mean, this is Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, through the end of the chapter is just, I mean, you just stand back and it's just like, wow. But the question becomes today is, what do you do with it? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of knowledge here. We know where man came from. We know where woman came from. And we know that it was in God's design for it to be this way. But I want to ask you, I want to ask you a more down to earth so, so what does it really mean to us today? I mean, what is the significance of what we find here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through verse 25? So, so what is the significance of it? Well, let me give you a couple of things real quick. It was a special creation. Special. Nothing like it before, nothing ever will be. It was special. It was a special creation by God himself. And you ready for this? It was for his purpose and for his glory. At the end of the day, that's what it was for. And you ready for this? Let me tell you what I take away from Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through verse 25. Are you ready? Okay. I I mean, this is, I don't want you to think this this is some overwhelming vision that I've had here about this passage of Scripture. Here it comes. Are you ready? We're different by design. We're different by design. We're different because God's purpose and God's glory is worked through it. it, is, it we're, we're different by design. It's an interesting book that was written. It's in its second go-around. Matter of fact, the title of the book is this, The Good Life. Lessons from the world's longest scientific study of happiness. Matter of fact, before you kind of snicker or laugh a little bit, it has been on the New York Times bestsellers list multiple times. Let me tell you what's interesting about this book when you go through and you read some excerpts in it. It's about people on their journey from ones that were born during or or lived during the time of the Depression Up until today, they are still interviewing and evaluating these these individuals that they have spoken to. Here's one of the interesting things that I I drew from the book. Out of one particular age bracket of the way that ages are broken out today, one particular age bracket, here's what they said about happiness in their life. Okay, They said the only way that they feel like they will ever achieve happiness, and this is 73% of them said this, was to have wealth and fame. Wealth and fame is what was going to bring about their happiness in their life. You see, every day we're bombarded with messages about how and what will make us happy. It's everywhere. About what we should want in our lives about who's doing life right. One of the other excerpts in the book was this. As an old saying goes, we are always comparing our insides to everybody else's outsides. 
Let me share something. It's sad. It, it, it is sad that, that people attempt to try to find happiness in what this world has to offer. I believe Genesis chapter 2, when you go back and you spend time in verse 18 through verse 25, and you realize you're different by design. You're created by God himself for his purpose and for his glory. And so therefore, for our lives each and every day, he created woman. He put Adam and Eve together. The institution of marriage we see here in Genesis chapter number 2. All of those things God put in place, not the world. And they're given to us and they've been set there. And my dear friend, for us to be able to find fullness of life and purpose in life, I will say this to you today, you are not going to find it apart from God himself. You won't. So what do we do do with this? Let me tell you something. Culture today tells you that this is the way you ought to live. Culture today tries to define for you what your life ought to be like. Culture today tries to place you in this box of saying, well, if it's right for you, it's okay. If it's right for you, it's okay. doesn't make any difference. Just live however you want to live. And at the end of the day, it's all going to come out in the wash because we're all going to get to the same place we're all trying to get to. I challenge you today. Not to allow culture to define who you are. Are you defined by the culture around you? Do you allow the culture around you to define who you are? I challenge you today. Do not allow culture to define you. Allow God to define who you are. And then live inside of that definition. Live inside of Genesis chapter number 2. I realize you come to Genesis chapter 3 and all of a sudden we see the corruption of man. But let me say this to you this morning. God created man. God created woman. Created all of creation. Placed God or placed man in a perfect place in the garden to husband that garden that was there. It was man that chose to go and do otherwise. Not God. Don't blame God for it. You know, what's interesting to me is I hear this all the time. Well, if God was truly who he was and God was a God of love, then he would not allow culture to go the direction that it's going. Well, let me say this to you this, this, this morning. We have a choice. We, ha- we have a choice in our lives. You know, living for God in his way. When you look at the scripture, living for God in his way, it does require decisions and sacrifice. But I will say this to you this morning, it is totally worth it. Even with its difficulties and even with its challenges, it is still worth it. Let me say this to you this morning, either way, at the end of the day, it doesn't make any difference. Either way. You will live your life either culture's way or God's way. It's one of the two. It's one of the two. So how important is it for us to understand in this relationship that we find in Genesis chapter number 2, as we've been created by God himself, to understand the significance of what it means to be different by design? Well, Let's start with number one. Let me give you the first point this morning. Number one, 
right out of the starting gate, God sees and he knows our hearts. God sees and knows our hearts. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. God knows our hearts. He knows what's there. He sees what's there. There's nothing hidden there from God. There might be from others, but there's not from him. As a matter of fact, as we come to this account, one of the things that we find is for the next king of Israel, where would this king come from? And so Samuel, as he goes to determine who it is going to be, goes to the house of Jesse. And all of the sons are paraded before before Samuel. We come to verse 7. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Verse Samuel. Been through all of the sons. Samuel said, hmm, got any others? Verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature. Because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. But don't ever lose sight of this right here. But the Lord looks at the what? The heart. But God looks at the heart. And my dear friend, let me, let, me, let, me just, let me just try to get you to understand something. When God created us, in all of the perfection that we were created in, in all of the perfection that we were placed in, even with the corruption that took place in Genesis chapter number 3, we can go back to Genesis chapter 2 and understand and realize, listen, we're different by design. Let's live that way. Our hearts, God knows them. Why? Like the psalmist said, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. God knows our frame. He knows knows who we are. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Because this is what you can rest in. This is the confidence that you can rest in. We've been created different by design. God provided and allowed us this world that we live in today. We have the guidelines by which to live. So where is our confidence found? Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6. It says, for I'm confident of this very thing. Of what? That he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. You ready for this? It's God that's going to bring it to a close. You see this? It was God who created it. It's God who's going to bring it to a close. We live in between. But how do we live in between? So what's God's desire for us? God's desire is that every outward change 
flow from his work of grace in our hearts, not from a sense of duty, not because of a, of a sense of uh, if we don't, then, then what's it going to look like? No, let me tell you what it is. It's, it's, it's clear as we see it. God desires that every outward change flow from his work of grace in our hearts, understanding his grace and his mercy. Secondly, this morning, our walk reflects our heart. Our walk reflects our heart. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. You see, God desires to have a relationship with the one he created. God desires that we should walk in this manner, that we should walk in this way. Matter of fact, here's what the scripture says. We're to seek God with our whole heart. You ever wonder why heart just is over and over and over and over again? Because it's the very essence of who we are is our heart. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, as Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica, notice what he writes. He says, finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still the more. For you know that You know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus? For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. And that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter. Because the Lord is the avenger in all of these things. Just as we're also told you before and solemnly warned you, verse 7, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. Now notice verse 8. So, he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to Let me tell you something I'm concerned about today. I'll tell you what, it, and it's concerning to me. It is this movement of quickly moving to the place that Scripture is no longer all-sufficient nor all-authoritative. That's a dangerous place to move to. My dear friend, listen to me. Do not, and I understand the pressure from culture to conform to a certain direction. But my dear friend, do not allow culture to define what God designed and placed into place. That was not God's intent. God's intent is for us to follow Him. God's intent is for us to follow his word. God's intent is for us to grow spiritually in him. That's what God's intent is. 
And if that's what God's intent is and that's what God's will is for us, even our sanctification, even our growing, even in our maturing, if that's God's will for us, then my dear friend, how we should every day seek to walk in that will and what it contains, under whose direction, my dear friend, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will bring about change as we surrender ourselves to Him. That's why Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, says, Don't be drunk with wine, which is in excess, but to be filled or controlled by the very Holy Spirit of God Himself. My dear friend, listen, it requires surrender and it requires a submission to the leading of the Holy Spirit and to the Word of God. Oh, the good life. Lessons from the world's large, uh, longest scientific study of happiness. I read down through it and I said, I would hate to know that my happiness and my joy today was predicated upon what culture had to define for me than what the Word of God defines for me. Because at the end of the day, this good life is everybody's out to try to make a part of their life today. is going to come to an end. What we have in Jesus Christ today is not silver and gold. But our worth is found in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in Him alone. Let me say this this morning. The heart always reveals itself in the lifestyle. Always. Let's go back to Genesis chapter number 2. So what should be the priority of our hearts? What should be the priority of our hearts? The priority of our hearts should be to honor and glorify God with our lives. Could you imagine being Adam? All these animals have paraded in front of you. You've named all of them. And all of a sudden, God says, Adam, it's just not good for you to be alone. He put him to sleep. I had somebody ask me the other day, Brother Robert, do you think Adam has a scar on his side? I said, no, I don't believe so, because he had the perfect plastic surgeon to take care of closing him back up. But imagine when Eve walked in front of Adam. This one preacher, as he was preaching on this passage, here's what he said. He said, could you imagine being Adam? And it is no wonder that he named her woman because when he saw her for the first time, he said, whoa, man. (laughs) So now you know where her name came from. Finally this morning, Not only does he know our hearts, 
and not only in our lives, that we need to understand this, our walk is always reflective of our hearts. It's reflective of what's there. But number three, and finally this morning, our witness in this world grows as our relationship with Christ grows. Our witness grows as our relationship with Christ grows. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 and verse 25. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother, shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That's the way God designed it. That's the way God put it in place. My dear friend, I'm just going to make a statement. I'm not going to apologize for it this morning. I could care less what culture has to say about it. That's the way God designed it. Why would anybody today desire to be a Christian if it didn't offer anything different from the rest of the world? see Paul writing to the church at Corinth here's what he said he said you're a new creature you're a new creation tying it back to Genesis you're a new creation and as a result of being a new creation Paul went on to write Okay, he said all things are passed away He said, behold, all things now have become new. Are you ready for this? We have a new part of us. Then Paul goes on to say as he writes to the church at Corinth. He said, and as a result of that. He said, we're ambassadors. We're ambassadors for who? We're ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Reconciling ones unto himself. As an ambassador. But I have a question for you. Why would anybody desire to be a Christian? If it didn't offer anything different from the rest of the world. You see, we're God's creation. And we should be on mission for Him. So what we should so what we should strive to do is to live the way that God designed for us to. And I hear people say this all of the time. And I will say this, this and, and here's what's here is what's concerning to me today. They were, just, they were just talking this morning about the situation among our young people today and depression rates being through the roof. Unlike anything that they have seen, being defined by culture, being defined by social media, allowing all of this to define what we ought to be like. God help us. Let us get back to being defined by the way God designed us to be defined. 
God, help us to love them. God, help us for us to come alongside of them and say, hey, let me point you to the truth of the Word of God. And out of a loving heart to share with them. But my dear friend, why in the world would anybody want to become a Christian today if, we're, if it's no different than what the world has to offer? Because I can tell you today, the world has absolutely nothing to offer them. Nothing. Zero. I'll tell you why. Because the more you get of this, the more you've got to have. And before long, it becomes an addiction. God, help us that we don't get back as the church, as God's people, and allow ourselves to be defined by what the Word of God says. And so I guess if I were to put a challenge out to you today, it would be this. Decide to live the way God created for you to live. Seek Him. Search for Him with your whole heart. Let me tell you why. Because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are created by God Himself. And are you ready for this? We're supposed to be an image bearer. An image bearer of who? An image bearer of God Himself. Of His love and His grace and His mercy. So what kind of image bearer are we today? What kind of ambassador are we today in light of Genesis chapter number 2? We are, listen, we're different by design as a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen. Burden on my heart as I went through this passage of Scripture today is just to see for the church today and for God's people to move back to the place where we're seeking Him and searching for Him and begging for Him to do a work in us that only He can do. So I encourage you this morning, I challenge you this morning, don't allow culture to dictate and define who you are. Stand on the truth and the authority of Scripture. I know who I am because I know who created me. And that's where I find my purpose and my hope is in Him.